You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Unto the King Eternal, the one to whom all power belongs. Be all glory, honor, and praise. Father, we have come as determined in the volumes of the books to receive of you this evening. We are here responding to an invitation to journey upwards. And Apostle John said, and then I heard a voice in the heaven says that come up hither. And immediately I looked and I saw in the heavens a door that was opened. Father, may we see the door this evening. May we see the door that you have opened into your presence this evening. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. All right, so um, for the past weeks, we've been looking at this phase of embracing the uncommon. And so far, we've looked at embracing the uncommon God, we've looked at embracing the uncommon Jesus, we've looked at we've looked at embracing the uncommon spirits. Then we've also looked at embracing today we are look we've looked at embracing the uncommon language and today we are looking at embracing the uncommon lifestyle. My prayer is that you go back and listen to all the messages so that you can decide and have an understanding with the Lord concerning that which he speaks to us about. It is important that you and I understand what the Lord is speaking to us about. That this call to journey upwards is not just an ordinary call. It is an important call. It is a life-altering call. And anybody that responds to this call is bound to have certain experiences that are phenomenal, that are amazing, that are life transforming, that is glorious. That much I can guarantee. That much I can say on authority because the Lord guarantees it. 
we've talked about how awesome our God is beyond all other gods. We've talked about how awesome Christ is as our savior, our deliverer, our high priest, our chief advocate, our brother, our companion, as the head of our family. We've talked about how by the Spirit, God separates us and brings us to a realm of consecration and purity and holiness to a place where he can guarantee certain things for us and in our lives. We've talked about how after we have been baptized by the Spirit, we must give ourselves to the Spirit and the language of the Spirit. Now, yesterday, I received some feedback concerning the message on Tuesday, whether if I was saying that we should not speak in tongues in church. No, I'm not saying that we should not speak in tongues in church, but I'm saying that there is the abuse of the speaking of tongues in church. Because when we look at 1 Corinthians 14, what the scripture says is that the person that prays in the spirit or the person that speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Yet in the church, when we gather, when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, he says that because we are eager for manifestation, we should concentrate on building the church. How are we going to build the church? The answer is in the text. And he has already told us that prophesying builds the church. So in the church, if there is any word we have to speak, we must be eager to speak by inspiration more than by speaking in tongues, which only benefits the individual. We should learn to spend time with our God in our homes by ourselves. We should learn to charge ourselves in our houses before we come to church to come and charge ourselves. The church is not the place of charging ourselves. The church is the place for the manifestation of the power of God. The church is the place of fellowship. The church is the place where we encourage ourselves with psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs. The church is the place where we commune with ourselves and with God in a language that we all can understand and respond to by saying amen hallelujah praise the lord and that is why it is important for you and i to spend time by ourselves the bible says that jesus woke up in the early hours of the morning into the mountains to pray and that should be what we should be aiming for. So that the way you say that the church is dull, the church is dull because what you want to see is you want to see power at work. The church is dull because you want to see the hand of God at work. 
the church is dull because you want to see the presence of God. If you and I will carry God from our house to the place of the meeting, our church service will never be the same. And that is why it is important that we talk about embracing the uncommon lifestyle. Now you realize that since the beginning about everything that we've talked about concerning this lifestyle or concerning this realm called the uncommon realm, the only conversations that we are having are conversations that pertains to holiness, pertains to our being separated, pertains to our our identification with God, our connection with God. God is holy, the Bible says. Jesus says that I am holy just as my Father is holy. The Holy Spirit is already called holy. And so it it begs, it begs for us to also come up to that place where we can be called holy. In fact, when we read, when we look into the scripture, one of the names for believers is called the saints, the saints of God. We are referred to as the saints of God. But what does the Greek word say? The Greek word there is hagios. Anywhere you read in the New Testament and you read the saints of God, especially in the book of Revelation and in the book of Ephesians or in any of the epistles, the word there is hagios. And what hagios means is the holy ones. So the people of God are called the holy ones. We are a holy nation. First Peter 2 says, we are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. So you have to understand that the call to be uncommon is very important. This evening, the Lord has sent me into deep meditations. And my prayer is that this evening you bear with me as we go on this journey together. The first question I want to ask concerning embracing the lifestyle is that I want to start with this question and I'll give a test. Have you in your lifetime as a person, not I have heard, but have you as a believer listening to me right now, have you ever seen a person who has been possessed by God in its entirety? Can you name a name that you can say that? I look at this man, I look at this woman, I look at this boy, I look at this girl, and I see God written all over them. Can you name one? The second question I'm asking is that, have you seen the life, not I have heard about this person, but have you seen the life of a person that has been possessed by the devil in its entirety? Have you seen it? 
Can you paint that picture? What does that picture look like? A person possessed by God and a person possessed by the devil, not partially, in their entirety, in their thinking, in their speech, in their habits, in their communications, in their actions, in their relationships. Have you seen with your eyes what it looks like for God to possess a person? Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Let's start from there. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. In Jeremiah 6.16, the Lord is complaining about the lifestyle of the people of Judah. How they have abandoned him, how they have rejected him. Then he is giving them an advice and he says to them in verse 16 that ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls but they said we will not walk therein this is what the lord says stand in the ways Ask for the ancient paths. Stand in the way and see. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where is the good way. Walk in that path. But the people said, no, 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 no. We don't want it. We want our own ways. We want our own ways. Job chapter 28, verse 7. Job chapter 28, verse 7. Job 28, verse 7 says that. There is a path which no fowl knows and which the vulture's eye has not seen. There is a path. No fowl knows it. And the vulture's eye has not seen it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works. Which he has prepared for us to walk in before time. 
Beloved, what am I talking to you about? I'm talking to you this evening about embracing the uncommon life. I've spent the entire day and all that the Holy Spirit has been asking me are questions. Let me ask you some of these questions. Who is dictating the standards of your life? Who is dictating the standards of your life? When you say beauty, who is dictating the standard of beauty for you? If you say fashionable, who is dictating the standard of fashionable for you? This is a good life. Who is dictating the standard of that good life for you? This is a good dress. Who is dictating the standard of the definition of a good dress for you? This is a good career. Who is dictating the standard of the good career for you? This is a good wife. This is a good husband. Who is dictating the standard of a good husband and a good wife for you? This is a good location. Who is dictating the standard of the definition for a good location for you? Who is? Now, you have to understand that to embrace this uncommon life, you and I, we need to renew our minds. You see, one of the things that the Holy Spirit was talking to me about today was that it is only the prepared mind that can achieve or come to this realm of uncommon life or uncommon experiences that are connected to god now remember we are not talking about uncommon in the sense of the world we are we are technically professionally loosely everything that we are talking about is connected to the holiness of god the righteousness of god the life standard of god the life source of god it is only the prepared mind that can embrace this uncommon life. In fact, a, a prepared mind will achieve more in relation to manifesting this uncommon life than a wishful heart. I wish I can pray. I wish I can do this. I wish I, a, a wishful heart cannot achieve much. When it comes to this uncommon life, it is only a prepared mind. Do you know why? Because embracing this uncommon life will hurt you. It will hurt you bad. It will wound you. It will bruise you. It will crush you. The call to embrace the uncommon life is about accepting the Godhead. It's accepting the uncommonness of God. It's about accepting the uncommonness of Jesus Christ. It is about accepting the uncommonness of the Holy Spirit. It is about accepting the the standards that are connected to the Godhead. It is about embracing the uncommon life. It's about accepting the rule 
the regulations, the commandments, the philosophies, the ideologies, and the discipline of the Godhead in your life. I'm going to repeat it again. The call to embrace the uncommon life is about accepting the Godhead, his rule. Uh, we, we sing a hymn, we say that, my my strength is his grace his rule is my word to accept his rule to accept his regulations to accept his commandment to accept his philosophies to accept his ideologies to accept the discipline that is what it means to embrace the uncommon life it's about a deep walk with the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to separate us from our attachment and the influence of the world on our lives. I'm going to repeat it again. It's about a deep walk with the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to separate us from the attachment and the influence of the world from our lives the other point i want to make is this it's about learning to live the life of the age to come now embracing the uncommon life manifesting and living out in our own personal lives the uncommon ways of god it's about learning to live the life of the age to come now. It involves discovering the greatness of the power of God that works in us. It's about cultivating and harnessing that power for efficient and effective reigning. It's about using the majesties and the glories of the powers received to exact the influence of the Godhead in our world and on our world. I'm going to repeat it again. Embracing the uncommon life, it's about learning to live the life of the age to come now. It involves discovering the greatness of the power of God that works in us. It's about learning to cultivate and harness this power for efficient and effective ruling and reigning. It, it's, it is also about using the majesties and the glories that we have come into to exact the influence of the Godhead on our world. This life, as you slow down, if you can, you can do a playback when we upload the message. <laughs> we don't have time. I have a lot of things to say. This life that I'm talking to you about, it is spiritually discerned. This life that I'm talking to you about, it helps us to prove 
the undeniable power and existence of the Godhead in our world to a world that is desperately trying to disprove his existence and his power and his presence. This life, this uncommon life, this uncommon life, manifesting this uncommon lifestyle, it is spiritually discerned. And if we are able to discern it and live it out, it will help us to prove the existence and the undeniable power of our God to a world that is desperately trying to disprove him. You see, I am I am saying a lot of things because what we are supposed to talk about is supposed to cover the entirety of the book of Ephesians. It is supposed to cover John's Gospel chapters 14 to 16. I don't have time to read all of it. But starting from the book of John, one of the things I want to point out concerning this uncommon life is that in John's Gospel, Jesus begins to talk to us about how God should give us his spirit to help us. And not only that, that, that we will find ourselves in him, the Christ, just as he is in the Father. You see, in the Gospel of John, the discourse is about the disciples asking Jesus that show us the Father. The world is asking us, if your God is real, show us God. Show us the Father. Show us the Father. So in John's chapter 14, the disciples are asking the Jesus that show us the Father. And Jesus says that you have to believe in me. Now remember, Jesus in, in, in John's gospel, he said that I am the life. This uncommon life, I, Jesus, I am that life. The question is, do you believe? So if you believe that Jesus is the life, then you have seen the Father and you have to be able to show the Father to the world. And when I say show the Father to the world, we are not just talking about... um. And talking about God that oh God exists, you have to able to show him because when we read John's Gospel chapter 14, Jesus says that if you don't believe me, believe the works that I do, because the works prove the Father. The works that I do, it shows the Father, it shows that the Father is in me, it shows that I am sent of the Father. And so he's saying that he begins the discourse. So you see, the embracing this uncommon life is about showing the Father. It's about showing that Christ is who he is. And our faith in him is not vain. Because when we see Christ, we should see the Father. 
now it also goes to say that in the chapter 15 that jesus is the vine in whom we tap that life from he says in chapter 15 that i am the vine you are the branches the branches they take their life from the vine they they take the sap of the stem from the vine to survive to blossom to bear fruit and so in the chapter 15 the emphasis there is that if you can believe in me to show the father then stay in me i am that life that uncommon life that you are looking for i am that life and if you will stay in me you will bear fruits it's about fruits it's not about words it's not about theology it's not about how much you've gone to church it's about fruit he said that and if you will abide in me you will bear fruit and your fruits shall remain this life is not possible without christ Some of us have relegated our faith for other things, but you see, it's the first question I ask. Have you seen a man possessed by God before? Do you have that example in your life? Look in your family. Look in your church. Look in your community. Look among your friends. Do you have somebody that is modeling the uncommon life that you can say that this person is possessed by god and so he goes on to teach us in chapter 15 that we should abide in him to bear fruit then in chapter 16 he tells us that we need a spirit we need the spirit we need the spirit for the uncommon life he's the one that brings us to that separation he's the one that brings that separation let me ask a question you know this afternoon this afternoon the holy spirit asked him so many questions it's like i've been down i have felt so sad for myself see he asked me this afternoon remember i said that this life it's all connected to the godhead the standard of the godhead not my standard not your standard not the standard of some industry not some standard of a grown-up person or an Asian person it is the standard of the Godhead and that standard as I talk to you about can only be spiritually discerned let me ask you is it normal for us to say I am dead if this one day I am dead though <laughs> oh hey this 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 somebody looks at a son or a daughter doing well in the competition and is like ah my son is sick hey he made that thing hmm. let me ask you a question if god appears before us and says that as for this one here he is dead what will happen 
Can I get a feedback? If God appears before us and says that when you have done well and said that, oh, what you did is sick. (laughs) What will happen to the thing that we did? What will happen? You see, the uncommon life is a careful life. That is why the Bible says that those that have come to that realm, they don't speak much. They don't speak much. They are very quiet. Because they understand the potency of their words. Because they know that by allowing themselves to be raised to the level of God, they have possessed the divine powers of God. How many things have you said that this one, this one, it won't work. Then you went ahead to do it. And it didn't work. And you say, ah, I said it. Maybe it would have worked. You just don't understand that. When you tapped into the uncommon life of God, you gain creative abilities to allow and to disallow things from happening. When we go to John's Gospel chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples and he's saying that, Lord, keep the world from them. In this world, they will have trouble, but keep the world from them. You see, the uncommon life is about keeping the world from us. Take an inventory of your life. How much of the influence of the world can you see written all over you? How much of it? How much? How much of the world is in you? That's why I asked the question. The dress that you wear that you say it's beautiful. Who defined the standard of that beauty? The 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 the, the, <laughs> the wigs that we wear that makes us enhanced. Who said <laughs> it enhances? The six pack and the and all these things that who, who said? It is beautiful. Who gave the standard of beauty to be cis pack? Who gave the standard of beauty to be round face? Who gave the standard of success to be money, cars, and ability to jet into any country of your choice? Who, who defined that as success? Who said that the school that you went to is good? What was the standard of the definition of your good school? Did God say it was good? Hmm. Who gave you the standards? And so when we go to the book of Ephesians, the Lord talks about four wheels. Embracing this uncommon life it's about the four wheels. 
The four wheels are found in the book of Ephesians. In verse 1, he talks about the will of God. Paul, an apostle, by the will of God. Then in verse 5, he talks about the purpose of his will. He said, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, or according to the purpose of his will. Then in verse 9, he talks about the mystery of his will. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Then in verse 11, he talks about the counsel of his will. That in him we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose or the counsel of him that works all things according to the counsel of his will. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So what does it mean to embrace the uncommon life? It is about one, knowing the will of God for your life. Do you know his will? Do you know God's calling? You see, the embracing the uncommon life is not just about saying, I am a Christian. It's the life is in the calling. Your uncommonness or your separation is unto your calling. And each and every one of us, anybody who has been born again, has a calling. And so in Colossians chapter 1, you realize that the apostles' prayer is that, that we will have spiritual understanding in the knowledge of his will. The knowledge of his will. Do you know your calling? You've been a Christian for how long? What is your calling? Have you devoted time to know your calling? When we read the book of Ephesians, you realize that the apostle Paul will say that if you look at my teachings and if you look at the things I am sharing with you, you will know how well versed I am in the mystery of Christ, you will know. Because that is my calling. He called me to preach the gospel concerning the mystery of Christ. And which is what? The mystery of Christ is just simple. It's about the Gentiles being brought back into the big plan of God. It's about God bringing the Gentiles in to become partakers of the inheritance, partakers of the promise. And he said that to this end, he called me to preach to the Gentiles. Do you know your calling? Do you know your calling? What is the purpose of his will? The purpose of his will is after you have discovered your calling, the question you ask is now, what does he want to achieve with my calling? What does God want to achieve with my calling? God says that become a, a kindergarten teacher when you are qualified to be 
a lecturer in the university but the holy spirit said i know i don't want to i don't want you to be a lecturer at the university i want you to be a kindergarten teacher the purpose of that will when you have discovered your calling is to understand what does he want to achieve with my calling what example can i give you luke's gospel chapter one and luke's gospel chapter two elizabeth have never given birth then the angel of the lord appears to him to her to the to the husband zachariah and says that you are going to give birth to a son his assignment is to prepare the way of the lord then also in chapter 2 we read about a man called simeon and a woman called anna who dedicated themselves in prayer their calling was interceding for the manifestation of the messiah in israel they understood their calling the bible says that anna after the husband had died just after marrying for a short while spent the entirety of her life fasting and praying in the temple to what end what does God want me to achieve by calling me to prayer? He says that I want you to pray until the Messiah is born. So we see Anna going to the temple the first week. They say, oh, the husband is dead. He's trying to comfort herself. Then one week turns to one month. One month turns to one year. One year turns to 10 years. 10 years turns to 20 years. Then they see this woman still praying just one prayer topic. You are praying every prayer topic. But this woman devoted herself to one prayer topic because that was her calling. She, she was separated onto that calling. Simeon was separated onto that calling. What does God want to achieve? The purpose of his will. Then it comes to the mystery of his will. Now you have to understand that the mystery of his will works in accordance to the purpose of his will. You see, because God called Anna to fast and pray and intercede for the manifestation of Christ, I am sure Anna received the grace to fast. I am sure that this woman could fast for one month without eating and drinking and she will feel nothing. But if you try, you will die. The mystery of his will. It works in accordance to the purpose of his will. When you have discovered that what does God want to achieve with my calling, you begin to show you that this and this and that is what I want to achieve with your calling. And so you will see that he will give you a grace. He will give you an understanding. He will give you a revelation. He will give you an insight. He will give you a power. He will give you a gift that works to manifest the mystery of God as revealed by his spirit to you concerning his will for your life. So the power you will manifest, the graces of God you will manifest, it is all tied to the mystery of his will. The strange occurrences that will happen in your life, it is tied to the mystery of his will as you discover the reason for your calling and you give yourself holy 
to the application of the manifestation of the mystery of his will for your life. The apostle Paul counseled his son Timothy and said, Give thyself holy, that your profiting may appear to all. You see, the mystery works to bring your profiting. The mystery causes your profiting to appear unto all. And it involves using my life as the Spirit leads me and guides me through promptings, through commandments, through instructions to confound the wise. You see, in this process, you will know what it means to fear God. You will wonder when you look back on your life and you say, wow, I attained a PhD and the Lord said, teach kindergarten. But as I realize that I have taught kindergarten, my name is known all over the world in places I have not imagined. My influence has spread abroad. I, if I had been a professor, I would not even be this famous. It will bring you to the place where your life confounds the wise. Have you not heard how people are insulted? Ah, why, why is this brilliant guy who is studying mechanical engineering? Why has he now become a pastor? Why is this guy who is who is working as the CEO of a bank quit his job to become a caterer? <laughs> he will confound the wise with your life, the mystery of his will. And in the process, he will establish his fear in your heart. You will stand in awe of God. You will stand in amazement of his power. And the world will see you and they will praise God, the God of heaven. The last one is the counsel of his will. See, the counsel of his will is the most dangerous part for us. I have discovered my calling. I have discovered what he wants me to do. I have begun to receive revelation, insight, anointings, graces, empowerments, divine wisdom to execute my assignment. But the counsel of his will stands to reason that did I do it according to his standard did i do things the way he commanded it did i do you see god spoke to moses and he said i hit the rock that was the first time he hit the rock the bible says that water came out the second time the lord said that speak to the rock the Bible says that in his anger, he smote the rock and water came out. <laughs> but do you know what the Bible says that God told Moses that because, because I said speak and you hate, 
you got the result but i was not in the result for the people the result is okay but for you you have failed and this is the most dangerous thing for us he said that many shall come to me in that day and they will say i did many good works in your name i, I healed the sick i raised the dead i cast out devils and he said that depart from me worker of iniquity mm, the counsel of his will the lord says pray for 30 minutes in the morning or pray for 30 minutes in the day but i want you to do it in the morning and say that oh god i am i am so busy in the morning so i'll do 15 minutes in the morning and i'll do 15 minutes in the evening i combine it it's 30 minutes <laughs> the counsel of his will it's like a prophet who enters a building and sees a rich man and it's like ah this guy yeah this woman yeah they are well to do today i'll i will prophesy to this person not because the lord was asking him to prophesy to that person but because of his motive or her motive he will speak to the person and say that your name is this he said it is true you live in this place it is true two weeks ago abcd happened in your life he said it is true in fact even as i'm speaking to you before you came here you received this message on your phone that message read in, in when you count the fifth word in that test it says this and it says it's true they will bring their phone and we the congregation we will clap and we will shout hey, forensic 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 accurate accurate the counsel of his will <laughs> is that how god told you to do it <laughs> Is that how God told you to do it? Did you do it as? He said, and Ezekiel said that, and I prophesied as I was commanded. I'm going to end with this story. The life of the prophet Ezekiel. You see, the life of the prophet Ezekiel is so interesting. The life of the prophet Ezekiel typifies a man that is possessed by God. In fact, when you read the commentaries from many scholars concerning Ezekiel, Ezekiel in his day, his, the entirety of his life was a spectacle. From his marriage to his going into captivity, from the way he lived whilst he was in captivity, everything was dictated by God. Before he went into captivity, God comes to him and said that your wife will die. <laughs> and when your wife dies, you are not permitted to cry. You are not permitted to mourn. <laughs> hey! And true to the word he received, the wife died, but he could not mourn. And he did not mourn. Another time, God appears to him and says that 
go and cook with human feces. He says that God, after this one, they are big. I've been a priest all my life. I cannot defile myself. I have lived an uncommon life. The entirety of my see. What people don't know about Ezekiel is that he's not just a prophet. He's actually a priest in the tribe of Levi. He was actually a priest serving in the temple. So all his life, he has kept the Torah. All his life, he has obeyed all the 613 commandments. He has kept everything. He has not broken a single one. And God said, I want you to defile yourself. He said, I can't do that. Okay, say, okay, if you won't do it with human feces, go and do it with, with cow dung. <laughs> then at that time, he appears to him and he says, uh, walk naked. <laughs> at that time, he appears to him and he says, I want you to lie on one side of your body for a number of days. And when you have completed it, I want you to lie on the other side for the sins of Judah, for the sins of Israel. In fact, people said that when you look at some of the commentary, they say that it is believed that people will, will intentionally go to the house of, of Ezekiel to look at the madness he was going to display for the day because they never knew because everything about his life was a message from god a man possessed by god his marriage was not his marriage his the, the way he dressed was not of him his appearance was dictated by the spirit when he spoke the word of the Lord, he spoke as he was commanded. Hmm. The uncommon life. Even you, your boyfriend, you cannot leave him. When it is God's requirement that leave this one, your girlfriend, you cannot leave her. Your food, you cannot leave it. There is that dress you like. God says, don't wear it again. You refuse not to wear. There is that shoe you like. The Lord says, don't wear that shoe again. He say, Allah. <laughs> Imagine that you are there and somebody brings you a... Mamdi, help me. Some, some of the shoes. A, a, <laughs> Fendi. Oh, give me the shoes. I don't need anything. Ferragamo, eh, eh, <laughs> Wakanda shoe, <laughs> Kevin Klein, Kevin Klein, yeah, right now, he doesn't have one. Some of these expense, I mean, maybe they bought it for $15,000. And the law says that as soon as you receive it, the law says that go and put it in the baller. Ah, my God. This one, their wife like, I can even sell it and use the money to do good. 
the uncommon life, the counsel of his will. Oh, brother. See, we are praying for things we are not prepared for. We are asking for things we have not talked through. I remember the story of one man of God in Ghana. He called himself the tongue-talking billionaire. Built industries, built businesses, lived in what we call the best community in Ghana, one of the best. Then he attended a conference that the Lord convicted that this is your calling. You are called to preach the word. You are called to be an evangelist. You are called to be a church planter. And after he heard the word, the Lord, he began to do what? He began to ask the purpose. Why am I called to preach? What am I called to preach? What do you want to achieve with my preaching? The Lord says that I want to win the eastern part of the nation for Christ. And the eastern part of Ghana for Christ. That's what you want to achieve with my preaching. He said, yes, so I want you to go and live there. And the Lord asked him to go and live in his father's village. And remember, his father had left the village a long time ago. The only person that had a property in the village was his great was his grandfather, the father of his father. And that man only had one single room in the village. They bath outside. <laughs> How can you leave a house with swimming pool, a condition in the kitchen, a condition in the bathroom? Businesses. To go and live in a single room where you bath outside and even do free range sometimes. <laughs> How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? And the Lord says that I want you to close down all the businesses. Sell every, I, I'm not saying that let somebody manage it for you. Sell everything. What will you do, child of God? For him, God helped him because he married according to the will of God. And so when he said it with his wife, the wife took the lead and said that, I'm going when you are ready, come and join me. (laughs) The wife even had more faith than he did. And when he gathered the boldness, sold off all the businesses and went to live in the village, the first crusade he did, he said 700 people gave their lives to jesus and not only that out of the simple message he preached he saw people come out of wheelchairs he saw the eyes of the blind opened he saw people give up witchcraft whoever knew that sitting in the office he could raise people from the wheelchair Give sight to the blind, the uncommon life. But because he responded 
to the call of God to be uncommon. You see, we, we are so desperately trying to be common, you and I. We want to dress like the world. We want to listen to the music of the world. We want to watch the things that the world watches. We want to read the news stories that the, the world is reading. We want to form the opinions that the world is forming. When you look at the life of the Christian, he's looking, listening from one political show to the other, criticizing like everybody is criticizing. Not separate. The Holy Spirit said, I want to give you a separate opinion. I want to give you a higher opinion. I want to give you a better perspective. I want to give you a better lifestyle. The, the life that produces life. But he said, no. I want to choose with my eyes. I want to live according to the standards of the world. I want to fit in. In fact, that is what some of us say. I don't want to be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. And fit in. And when the darkness comes, and the angels are coming to pick those that are weird, because they are light in darkness, they will leave you in the darkness because you fit in. You fit right in. The uncommon light. Precious, precious one listening to me this evening. I want you to understand that this is a glorious life. It is an amazing life. It is the most interesting life you will live. Hmm. It is the most adventurous life you will live. Hmm. It is going to be a difficult life. But you have to renew your mind. You have to be okay with being weird. You have to be okay with not fitting in. You have to be okay with the world rejecting you. In fact, this evening, I am very much encouraged to speak to anybody on this platform who is a virgin who has never had sex that keep your virginity. You see, by the time you are 20 and you are a virgin, the world will call you a fool. The world will call you inexperienced. The world will call you all kinds of names. But if only you will keep yourself and allow this weirdness to embrace this weirdness to celebrate this weirdness and say that i am keeping myself not because i don't have last because you and i we all have last you are not a super spirit you have last but i refuse to give in to my last because of he who died Pay the price for my shame and my curse and my reproach. I refuse to be named among the daughters of men. I am a citizen of heaven. That is what Philippians 3 says. We are now citizens of heaven. When we read the gospel of John, he says, that, I come from above. I, I am from heaven. When we, when we read Ephesians, it says that 
seated with Christ in heavenly places. Christ seated in heavenly places. Christ raised above all principalities, powers, dominions, and thrones. The uncommon life is about the heavenly perspective. It's about the heavenly lifestyle. The heavenly lifestyle in Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, it's the life of holiness. It is the, it is the righteousness of Christ truly manifested in us. It is about putting on righteousness. The new man, a separate man, the kairos, the one that has been created out of the pure substance of God. I have no past. My future began with Christ. I am in Christ. As Christ is in God. And as I give myself to this uncommon life. When you read the gospel of John, Jesus says that, and I will appear to you. Hmm. You want to see that Jesus is real. Give yourself to the uncommon life. And I guarantee that you will see Jesus in this lifetime before you go to heaven. Respond to the call on your life. Live for the call. Dedicate yourself to the call. Perfect yourself in the call. Do the work of ministry. Be perfect in his counsel. Do it as he commands and as he dictates. Jesus will appear to you. And I will come and be with him. I and my father, we will come and we will make our home with you. You will know that God is real. You, you, this is where you have strange encounters. Not encounters of angels, encounters with God himself. And not only that, I am saying that when we embrace this lifestyle, you'll be able to confront every darkness. Every darkness. Anything that produces death. Anything that is connected to the world. Anything that is connected to the underworld. Anything that is connected to the darkness. It will not have power over you because you have been separated from it. They cannot divine your future. They cannot divine your today. They cannot divine your movements. They will cast the prayer and they will never find a suitable day to kill you because you have died already. <laughs> if I live, I live for him. Beloved, the Lord wants to bring us to the realm of the uncommon. Embrace this uncommon life. Why do you want to be an ordinary Christian? Why do you want to be a Christian that cannot prophesy? A Christian that cannot see vision? A Christian that cannot dream dreams? A Christian that cannot work miracles? A Christian that cannot demonstrate power? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is in the demonstration of the power of God. Are you not tired of visiting one pastor to another, when will when will you rise to allow God to work through you, to use you as a savior for your family, for your community, for your nation, for your continent, for the church, for the body of Christ? When when will you rise up? And I heard a loud voice behind me saying that John, come up hither. 
This evening I'm sounding the clarion call. I sound a loud trumpet in the name of Jesus that journey upwards. Embrace the uncommon life. Let your habit be the habit of God. Let your habit be the habit of the Spirit. Let your speech be the speech of the Spirit. Let your thoughts be the thoughts of the Spirit. Let your imagination be born by the Spirit. Let your actions be motivated, be inspired by the Spirit. Let the power of God be manifested through you that wherever you go, you will stand and declare light shine and light will shine. That wherever you stand and you will go, you will command thrones to be displaced and thrones will be displaced. That wherever you go, you will call fire from the heavens and fire will fall from the heavens. Because what you are is a man and woman separated unto God. A man and a woman who has dedicated the entirety of all that they are. Spirit, soul and body, actions, deeds, decisions, choices, Everything about your life is for God, dictated by God. The Bible says that it is He who works in us, both to will and to do. The Bible says that He is the one who moves through us. A separated life, a life moved by God. When Jesus was born, and the Bible says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, that He was brought into the temple. The Bible says that Anna was not there, and Simeon was not there. They were in another location. But when Jesus appeared in the temple, because they dedicated themselves to that uncommon life, to pray for the manifestation of the appearing of the Messiah, to see the salvation of Israel. When the salvation of Israel appeared, it didn't matter where they are. The Spirit located them and said, come and see the answer to your prayer. Remember, I said in the gospel of Ephesians, in the, in the epistle of Ephesians, he says that he will help you to obtain an inheritance. You will see the manifestation of the promises of God. Have you not read where it is said that death shall not be found in your quarters? Have you not read where it is said your going in and your coming out will be blessed? Have you not read where it is said no fearing that of the enemy will hurt you? Have you not read where it is said you will walk upon serpents and upon scorpions and not by any means shall hurt you? Have you not read where it is said that you will ride on the wings of the wind? Have you not read where it is said that no, no machinization, no weapon that has been fashioned from the gates of hell, from the kingdoms of darkness shall ever prevail over you? Have you not read it? Have you not read it? You will begin to see all these things. Then you will see how God can take a simple life that has nothing in it and make something out of it. My prayer for you and I this evening is that we will say yes to our call. No matter how simple it looks, no matter how ridiculous it looks, that we will respond to the leadings and the commandments and the instructions of the Spirit. No matter how overbearing it is, some of it, it is not easy. Some of the things that God will ask you to do, do you know what it means for you to live with somebody and the person dies? And the Lord says, don't cry. Don't wear black. 
Do you know what your community will do to you? Do you know what the family of the people will do to you? <laughs> but the Lord says that in all these things, do not respond because I am the Lord and I'm using your life to tell a story. If you and I, we want to see God in our church, it will start with us. It will start with us embracing the uncommon life. If you and I, we want to see the power of God, the glory of God, the majesties of God. If you want to see the, 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 the honor of God, the grace of God. If you want to see all these things, it will start with you and I embracing this uncommon life. It is a life where you own nothing, yet you own everything. <laughs> your life is not your own. We were bought at a price. Nothing is ours, but we have all things. We own all things. Hasten. <laughs> Say yes. Today, if you hear my voice, do not have in your heart. It is the time to say yes to God. It is the time to say yes to God. Say yes to his calling. He wants to use you to show his glory, his power. He wants to use you that because of you, he can show mercy. Have you not read years after David had died? The Lord looks upon Judah, looks upon Jerusalem, and even looks upon Israel and says that because of my servant David, because David yielded to the uncommon life, God could show generations after him mercy. You see, you saying yes to God now can spare somebody's life 50 years from now because you said yes. Because you responded to your calling. If you and I, we will say yes. Certain satanic cycles that have existed in our families, existed in our communities, existed in our regions, existed in our cities, existed in our nations, existed even in continents. Certain satanic cycles shall be forever abolished just because you in particular said yes. Yes, Lord. I choose the uncommon life. I choose the life of the Godhead. I choose to yield according to the dictates, the commandments, the precepts, and the statutes of the Godhead. I yield. I choose the life of the Spirit. Do you know that your own life will never be the same? If you will embrace this life that you will know nobody will tell you that god is real the power of god is real the glory of god is real the grace of god is real the anointing of god is real you will know for yourself by experience you will know 
that you will see visions, that you will prophesy, that you will raise the dead, that you will cast out devils, that you will know that you have power over darkness. That you will be like Jacob and you said, uh, like a prince, I have fought with God and I have prevailed. This evening I am encouraging you. Your life is too common. Your life is too profane. Your thoughts are too profane. Your imaginations are too profane. Yield to their uncommon life. Become holy. Holiness is not, it is not something you can live. It is not by works. It is the gift of God. It is the gift. Accept it. We've talked about it. Three ways that God makes us holy. God declares us holy and we are holy. God appears in a space. And by his appearing in that space, that very space becomes holy. And the third way is that he anoints us and he makes us holy. This evening, the Lord wants to do these three things in our lives. He wants to declare us holy. He wants to appear in us by coming to make a permanent permanent residence, taking permanent residence in our spirit, affecting our souls and our body. Then he wants to anoint us with his spirit. This is what he wants to do. Will you allow him? Will you allow him to touch you? Some of you, the Lord, as I'm speaking, he's, he's stirring up your heart. That dream, that vision, that calling, that you have been fighting, don't fight. Don't fight it. Yield. 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 There is glory in the calling. There is peace. He says that in it you will find rest for your soul. Remember Jeremiah 6.16. You will find rest for your soul. When you find that path, you will find, you see, your life is full of struggle. It's because you haven't yielded. Yield. Don't fight it. Yield. Yield. Sometimes it means making a decision that you don't like. This thing that I'm doing, don't think I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it one bit. (laughs) I don't like being a reverend. I don't like being a pastor. It's not something I love. I I naturally don't like people because people are trouble. I'd rather sit in my corner and, and, and mind my own business. See, there is joy. You say that there is joy. There is righteousness. There is peace. There is joy in the calling. <laughs> when the Holy Ghost comes in, <laughs> you will find joy. He will bring you joy. <laughs> oh my God. I yield. Somebody begin to pray and say, I yield. I respond to your call. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.